Hey, homies. I'm Katie. I'm Sydney. And this is Something Sick. I feel like the song gets worse every time that I do it. Yeah, it's not always anything. <laughs> I mean, it sounds kind of the same every time, which is what you do is nowhere near what our no. sound actually sounds like. <laughs> not that I remember what it even bum, sounds bum, bum, bum. Oh, yeah. Sydney wrote it. Not really. <laughs> well, she did. I mean, I did. She but- just... Katie said we said let's make up a song and I just went over to the piano and I played a few notes and I said that's it that's good (laughs) no one actually everyone skips through it I'm sure anyway yeah this is our second week in a row that we're gonna talk about a tv show that we were watching what did we talk about last week big sky well this is nowhere near as good as big sky (laughs) (laughs) we have been watching this trash mtv dating show which some of you have probably never heard of called are you the one yeah. And we can't stop watching Which, it. We started watching it because Noelle Miller talked about it. Yeah. And after the when we first started, we were like, there's no way we're going to get into this. We're on the third season already. <laughs> it's bad. We have gotten to the point where Katie keeps a notepad and we keep track of everything. We're going to figure out who everyone's perfect match is and try and win a million dollars. Well, they don't even get it. This season, they don't even get a million dollars. Because they messed up. But we're going to figure it out. It's like we made it into like our own puzzle to try and solve. It's stupid. If you want to watch this and give us your thoughts as well, two seasons are on Netflix and then three more are on Hulu. So start on Netflix though, because you won't understand what's going on if you, I guess you will, because the guy explains it every single time. But you got to start with season one. Yeah. The host is actually decent. He's very good at instigating (laughs) the drama. What did he say in the last episode? Be careful. This girl was about to fight him and he said, be careful. He looked at her so seriously. The power in that statement. He wasn't even afraid of her. No. She was angry. <laughs> it was really funny. Be careful. Like, <laughs> don't test this skinny white man. <laughs> She's not even that tall. No. You should but. all watch it just for like the ending of it. The How they figure out if people are matches. If they have these lights and these hand scanner things. And the host like puts, <gasps> it looks like a spaceship. Yeah. Everyone needs to watch at least one episode just to get to the end of the first episode see how funny the editing is incredible the outfits are horrendous (laughs) highly recommend anyways we just need people to know we are watching this because we have only been around each other we are women of (laughs) we have a lot of different tastes in tv various tastes (laughs) a wide variety to pick from come over and you can watch anything with us because we will watch it seriously (laughs) anyways we're gonna get into isn't case i yeah. don't know sure okay what are we talking about so i'm mixing it up a little bit this week because this case isn't necessarily like true crime mm-hmm. but i think it's really really fascinating so we're going to be talking about the stanford prison experiment i'm excited me too and i don't know like how much you know about it i don't know much because okay. you told me about it and we're like oh two years ago yeah. i was like we should watch that. And then it literally got taken off like Netflix like right that time. Yeah. Well, because like... Or Hulu. I don't know what it was on. I don't remember. It was I think on it was Netflix. Yeah. But I had heard about it like obviously. But then I I want to say it was like my ethics class or something. In high school? In college. 
It was mm-hmm. my sophomore but year. But we had the same professor and we never talked about that. I don't know. I it, I can only think of that class. I can't think of another class that I would have talked about it in. Yeah. But in one of my classes, we talked about it and I was like, that's really fascinating. And we talked about the movie and we were going to watch it and then we never did. And um, So have you not seen it then? No. Oh, I thought you had seen it before. No, we I like talked about it in depth in one of my classes. Oh. And I don't think it was. I took ethics before you, though. Yeah. I don't know. I think maybe it was another class for you. I don't know what else it would have been. No, but literally. But I thought you had seen it before. No, no I haven't seen it. we definitely need to rent this yeah. and watch it. So I was also going to rent it before I covered the case, but it was $4. <laughs> <laughs> We'd rather split it two and two. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I'm going to watch it with Katie after I yeah. tell her all of the things. Yes. Not tonight. Not tonight. No, I have to go to bed. <laughs> but yeah. I'm finally covering it and I'm very excited because I put it on my list when we first started this podcast and I like was waiting for the right time, but I'm excited. So the Stanford prison experiment was run by a professor named Philip Zimbardo and I'm going to give you a little history on him because he's quite the character. Oh, I can't wait. So in 1954, Zimbardo received his bachelor's degree after triple majoring in psychology, sociology and anthropology. Well, let me tell you. I really made it out with one. I could not have mentally handled three. No. And my sociology class was insane. I, and I took psychology a semester in high school. I think I would have, like, I like sociology. Our teacher was just Crazy. scary. Yeah, <laughs> she's a little intense. <laughs> but Zimbardo went on to be a professor at Yale, then Columbia, then NYU, before moving to teach at Stanford in 1971. So, so got- he started at Yale? I think so. Wow. He's got quite the creds. Yeah. Um, And his first year of being there at Stanford was when he ran this experiment. That's really... I think technically, I guess it would have been his second year or like... Okay. I don't remember. It's still really ambitious when you start at a new school. So um, at the time, he was only 38, which is just really weird to me. Also, like he just gives the vibes of someone who's kind of old. Okay. (laughs) But... He, that just seems really young to me. To I feel be doing like this. when you are that smart, it kind of com- you can come off that way pretty yeah. easily. Um, he was also recently divorced, so he went oh. through a divorce and said, "Let me do this prison experiment." <laughs> <laughs> so, um, in 1971, he took this job as a professor of psychology at Stanford University, and it was there that he received a grant from what the- year? Sorry. 1971. Okay. Um, he received a grant from the U.S. Office of Naval Research mm. to conduct a psychological experiment. So this is where things get kind of interesting. According to the Prison Experiment website, the original grant was in order to study, quote unquote, antisocial behavior. Mm, okay. It <laughs> does not seem to match up no. with what they studied. But... Other sources say the funding was to investigate the causes of conflict between guards and prisoners, which makes more sense. Yeah, those don't add up. No, I just think it's very interesting that the website says the original basis for the experiment is something totally unrelated. Yeah. Um, And so I'm going to note before I get deep into this, that a lot of the information that's out there comes from this, like at least stuff that I got comes from the Stanford Prison Experiments website because there's a lot on there. However, the whole thing is basically just made up of sources from Philip Zimbardo. Okay. So it all needs to be taken with a little bit of a grain of salt. Yeah. Um, it's written from a like pro-experiment viewpoint. Yeah. Kind of thing. Okay. But it's also very fascinating. So 
This study was also approved by the Stanford Psychology Department, the Student Health Department, and plenty of other committees. Why would they approve? <laughs> I don't know. Like, when you hear about it, it seems like he just went rogue and, like, conducted this. But, like, so many people were involved. They okayed it. Yeah. No. Like, there was, like, tons of funding and, like... Stanford yeah. approved this. <laughs> yeah. It's not, like, some smaller university nope. with some crazy people. It's Stanford. Yeah. Huh. I also want to go ahead and preface this by saying Zimbardo still writes all kinds of psychology textbooks and stuff. How old is he now? 70, 80 something? At least. <laughs> well, he 30. graduated in 54. Oh, okay. Whoa. He's old. So- but I think he's still alive. Okay. He's still, still doing stuff. I mean, I don't think he's still like actively writing things, yeah. but you know, he's featured in all kinds of textbooks and stuff, even though this experiment was later heavily criticized for being unethical and unscientific. Yeah. So eh. only eight years prior to the Stanford prison experiment, the Milgram experiment happened. And this is the one where people would like shock each other for getting a question wrong. Oh, I do know that one. But like they weren't actually shocking someone. Yeah. But they would make you think that you are. They would like make the person being experimented on think that they were shocking someone to the point of like death. Yeah. I've heard of that. Um, Which maybe I did hear about that in ethics. Did I talk about that? I think so. I remembered hearing about that somewhere. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's all like ingrained in ethics. So I do think that we talked about it. I think I talked about that. I'm for some reason thinking my business law class, but it um, also could have been business law. But I I think I talked about it. But it's not ethics. I don't know. No one's interested. No, (laughs) I care. But um, that study was interpreted to say that people are willing to continue to hurt others so long as they're told to do so by a credible authority. Authority. That you said authority weird to me. I'm sorry. <laughs> Maybe you okay. did. I felt like I said it normal, but cool. Sorry. Um, that study itself was also pretty flawed, but it definitely set the scene. The shocking one. Yeah. Yeah. No kidding. <laughs> flawed. Um, I would say yeah. yes. <laughs> but it definitely set the scene for the Stanford Prison Experiment and mm. more like controversial things. I can't believe that stuff has ever been allowed. I know. <laughs> that just sounds like it would belong on an episode of Criminal Minds or something. Yeah. Well, I do think I, I'm i not positive on this, but I think the Milgram one was featured on Mindhunter. Okay. So, which I've anyway. never seen, which is probably. It's okay. It's really I watched the first episode and there was a naked man within the first two <laughs> minutes and I was like, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> but it's a good show. So now I'm going to get into how the Stanford prison experiment started. Now, according to the Prison Experiment website, they recruited their subjects through ads placed in local newspapers in which they offered $15 a day to male college students to take part in a psychological study on imprisonment. That does not surprise me at all. (laughs) So... $15 a day in 1971 is about $100 a day now. Yeah, and if they go to Stanford, their families are probably loaded. So they don't really need the money. It's just like, okay. But it definitely seems like they were like (laughs) preying on people that like would want the money because the experiment was supposed to take two weeks. Okay. You come out, you would come out at the end of two weeks with $1,400 in today's money, which is like a lot of money. And also apparently... Because of the wording, a lot of them thought that they were just going to be like sitting in a cell. Okay. Like they didn't think, no, what was going to happen. And yeah. so a lot of them like thought it would be time to like study. Okay. Or like like a bunch oh. of them brought textbooks they were and wrong. stuff. <laughs> yeah. Like they thought it was going to be 
two weeks of like, I'm going to study. I'm going to come out with a paycheck. Yeah. Okay. So. Okay. Yeah. Um, one guy was like trying to study for the GRE. Like, <gasps> yeah, oh. I feel so bad for them. <laughs> I guess they were smart to put the ad out only for men. Cause yeah. as a woman, I would not do uh, that. <laughs> that's They're too smart. Red flags. Oh yeah. If I saw something saying they want to study imprisonment. No, no. They've already done that. <laughs> like like we, the last episode, they've already done things where people are imprisoned. Oh yeah. We already know how that goes. Yeah. I so I think we need to do that. Um, miraculously, more than 75 people responded to this ad. <sighs> Zimbardo and his team then selected 24 people to be in the study. And basically, six of them were, like, alternates, and then the other 18 were, like, involved from the start. Okay. Um, These 24 participants were all men, mostly white, and mostly from middle-class families. See, they got money. Yeah. Um, The selected men were found to be psychologically healthy, with no criminal backgrounds, psychological issues, or medical issues. I would not be allowed in this. (laughs) (laughs) We both go to therapy. (laughs) You know, "Mm, you guys can't come. No. (laughs) Um, And they really like put this out there as if it was like a study of all like humanity. But that is not a good sample of no mankind. Middle age, not middle age, middle class white boys. Yeah. In California. Yeah. Sanford's in California, well, right? So, yes. But okay. some of them, I think, were For kind of across of- the country that either just, like, lived in the area or, like, went to Stanford. So, okay. like, I don't think they were all from the area. Yeah. But they're in but the area. They were in the area which is at like, the time. That is not mm-hmm. indicative of anything. Um, based on a study in 2007, the wording of the recruiting ad likely ske- skewed. Sorry, that's a hard word for me for some reason. <laughs> skewed. <laughs> likely skewed. <laughs> likely skewed the respondents to be men with more aggressive ta- traits and less empathetic traits. Which makes sense <laughs> like if you put out an ad to study imprisonment yeah people who respond are more likely to be like aggressive or interested in those things yeah than people are who are more empathetic and stuff yeah so yeah um also i wanted to note i was listening to an episode on this case by the you're wrong about podcast which mm-hmm. i never listened to before but it was really great i've heard of it me too um but they were like debunking the psychology behind the study. And they said about Zimbardo, quote unquote, he's interested in well-dressed white people. Clearly. <laughs> Which is just like, yeah, that's the only people he really studied. Yeah. So. I mean, yeah. I'm also interested in how middle class white boys have the confidence that they have. How do you have the audacity? So I get it. They're kind of mind blowing sometimes. Like how... How are you like that? We got asked if we hate men. (laughs) Mm, I don't want to say that because we don't have, we're both single. (laughs) But I think you can tell from what we're talking about. (laughs) No comment. But so now we're going to talk about like how the experiment actually worked. So the experiment, like I said, was supposed to take place for two weeks. Spoiler alert. It did not last that long. Okay. (laughs) Um, It was supposed to take place somewhere between August 14th to August 28th. The dates kind of differ depending on the source. So they're supposed to like do this and then go right into school. Basically. (laughs) Yeah. That's terrible. Um, The students were told that they would be assigned to the role to play a prisoner or a guard and that they would be observed and filmed and they were expected to participate in the full duration of the study. And they also signed a consent form before participating. (laughs) 
they were like, it'll be fine. Yeah. Sign the dotted line. So um, nine of the men would be prisoners and nine would be guards with three alternates, alternates for each. What was grounds for bringing in an alternate? We'll get to okay. it a little okay. bit later. Okay. So did, they, think- did they already like know like if this specific thing happens, we bring in a new person? Like, do they have that laid out? I don't think so. They're just like they did we'll have see. basis to expect the results they were going to get, which I'll get to. Okay. Um, but I mean, I'm assuming they kind of just assumed like maybe one of them's not going to sign the contract or something. Like, okay, okay. I think there's other things they could have expected to happen, but okay. yeah. Um, they're assigned into their roles randomly by the toss of a coin, so that there would be no difference between them. You know, all these white men. Yeah. <laughs> like, the experiment took place in the basement of Jordan Hall, which was the psychology building at Stanford. And they basically created an entire prison in the basement with fake walls, and they had six by nine foot cells for the prisoners. Each of these cells held three prisoners. Um, Yeah. Some of them couldn't even lay down, I'm sure. Yep. So each cell held three prisoners, and the normal doors to these rooms had been replaced with specially made steel doors with bars and cell numbers. Okay. Um, there, there were no clocks and no windows so that the prisoners had no way of knowing what time it was. Um, there was also a solitary confinement area, which was literally just a closet. I would not sign a waiver for this. <laughs> no. Um, there was also an exercise area, but literally from everything I've read, I don't know if they ever got to use it. Yeah. Um, the guards had a mess area and dorms. However, I don't think that the guards were required to stay there. I think that they could go back home. Well, that's fortunate for them. Yeah. They're like, guess what I did today, guys? Yeah. (laughs) To their frat brothers. (laughs) (laughs) There was also a guard observation area, literally just like in the center of the hallway overlooking the cells. Did they get weapons? Mm, Kind of. Kind of. That's so messed up. Um, The cells all had stationary cameras in them, but although there were cameras in the cells... Only six total hours of the experiment were filmed. Huh. Essentially, the people running it would just turn them on when something, like, intense was happening. <laughs> uh, it just... So, like, what's the point? Reality TV, they're like, oh, something good. Get, yeah. the camera, get the camera. So, their prison yard was literally just the hallway between the cells. They didn't get to go outside or anything. It was just the yeah. hallway. Whenever prisoners needed to go to the bathroom, they had to be blindfolded and walked there so that they couldn't, like, find their way out of the prison because it's just in the basement. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So the prisoners would remain in the jail for the entirety of the experiment, 24-7. But the guards had eight-hour rotating shifts. So, like, three guards would watch nine prisoners at a time. Okay. Zimbardo acted as the prison superintendent. Great. And then his undergraduate research assistant, David Jaffe, acted as the prison warden. Their involvement is one of the many reasons the experiment is criticized, because they weren't just watching everything happen. They were actively involved. Yeah, Yeah, he shouldn't be doing that. Also, the fact that he gave an undergrad the power to be a warden. (laughs) Nope. But the reason that Jaffe was made the warden is that Zimbardo essentially got the idea from him. From Jaffe? He's like, make me the warden. He got the idea for the experiment. Oh. So in May of 1971, only a few months before, 
Uh-huh. Jaffe had done a smaller version of the experiment <laughs> in his dorm hall over a weekend. Boys are crazy. He did it for Zimbardo's class. Boys are insane. I know. So this experiment that he did lasted only a few days over the weekend, but he split people up into guards and prisoners, had them play the roles, and he basically got the same results that hmm. they would get in this experiment. Interesting. Zimbardo has never talked about this. Jaffe has never talked about this. But it happened. Yeah. Hmm. So I just think that's really fascinating. Yeah. So like, no wonder he let this undergraduate beat the woman. Yeah. He came up with it. You yeah. got to give him some credit. Yeah. So the day before the experiment actually began, the guards were given an orientation. Okay. And they were told that they could not physically harm the prisoners or withhold food and drink, but they were instructed by Zimbardo that they could instill boredom, monotony, fear, and other feelings in the prisoners mm-hmm. in order to heighten their feelings of powerlessness. Okay. And the guards were given uniforms, which included khaki shirts and pants, whistles, mirrored sunglasses to prevent eye contact, <laughs> and wooden batons. That's not cool. And I'm like, you're going to tell them you can't physically harm them, but give them a, like, that's still what freaking hurt. Intimidating. Like, that would still hurt if you hit someone with it, yeah. you know? But, yep. So they're just oh, racking their mirrored sunglasses and their khaki shorts. That's so funny. So. Yeah, we need to watch this movie just to see that. Yeah. When I watch the trailers and stuff, and it's a really good cast and stuff. Yeah. But. Well, we talked about it, and it has the guy from Victorious. Yeah. <laughs> Who else was in it? I don't even remember. Oh, freaking Moises Arias. <laughs> That's so weird. Um. Anyway. <laughs> On August 14th, real Palo Alto police officers went to the homes of the nine prisoners and Pick arrested them. them. Uh, okay. Yep. So a local reporter was bl- brought along to take photos of everything. So there's pictures Good. of all of this. The prisoners were searched, handcuffed, and driven to the police station. There, they had their mugshots taken, and they were fingerprinted and booked. Okay. And five of them were booked for burglary, and four were booked for armed robbery. Okay. I find it really interesting that they weren't all booked for the same things. Yeah. Like, it's, I can just imagine the research assistants, like, fighting over what they're going to get booked for. Yeah, I mean... I just don't get it. Why does it matter? What's the point? Yeah, I don't get it. Why does that matter? I don't know. I, I get, like, giving them the experience of what it's like to be arrested. Yeah. I guess, for the purpose of the experiment. I don't understand charging certain ones with certain things. Yeah. Anyway. And the fact that they had the real police yeah. do it with them is just... You know, they had a good time doing that. Ugh. They're like, I hate these guys. I'm gonna do it. Yeah. So, the prisoners were then placed in a holding cell before being blindfolded and taken to the makeshift prison in Jordan Hall. So, so all of that happened all of before that happened going there? At the real jail. <laughs> at the, like at the real police station. Oh, they had to be assigned something so they could actually do it there. <laughs> like, so once they got to Jordan Hall, the prisoners were strip searched and deloused. What does which that mean? I looked it up. So in normal prisons, it's like getting rid of lice. Okay. Which they would like usually just like shave your head. Yeah. But here they like sprayed them with stuff to get rid of lice Ooh. and... I think it was really just to, like, humiliate them. Yeah. Like, that was really the point of it. But then instead of shaving their heads, they put stocking caps on their heads. Okay. So at least they didn't shave their heads. Yeah. That um, would be my line. I'm, just <laughs> I'm out. 
Tap out. <laughs> You're not shaving my head. They were then given smocks to wear instead of the typical prison jumpsuit, which Zimbardo chose to put them in like dresses, essentially. Yeah. Because he thought it would be more emasculating. That's not exactly what prison is like. Exactly. Then. Like if you're not give if you're trying to make it work, like I guess it's not it's not ever actually going to be worse than what actual prison yeah. is like. But try to make it as accurate as exactly. you can. If like that's the point of your experiment. If the point is to make it like prison and to study prison behavior, yeah. Why are you gonna just be like, huh? Well, I want to make this might more be worse. Instead. You know? Yeah. And it's just like, that's just so stupid. They also weren't given underwear. So they were literally just wearing like smocks. Yeah. So gross. I know. And sharing space. Yeah. (laughs) Um, The prisoners also had rubber sandals and chains were put around one of their ankles. Okay. Prisoners don't even like actual people in prison don't have that. And the whole point of the chain was literally they would keep it on at night. Yeah. And it was so that like if they rolled over in bed, it would hit their other leg and they would remember where they are. That's terrible. Isn't that awful? (laughs) No. Goodness. They were also assigned a prisoner number and the guards were instructed to never refer to the prisoners by name, only by number. I would not remember the numbers unless they were one, two, three, they four, weren't. five. <laughs> they were actual numbers. There were like weird numbers. And like, it was like. I'm just thinking of Les Mis now. <laughs> it was like one guy had a number in like the thousands. One guy had a number in the hundreds. Like they're just, it didn't make sense. I don't know how they came up with the numbers, but. I would just call them one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, yeah. nine. Sorry, I don't know why I had to say all of them. <laughs> Thank you for counting to nine, nine. for us. I'm really smart. <laughs> I have a business degree that I've clarified now throughout this episode. We are educated women. <laughs> anyway, so together with the warden, the guards came up with a list of rules that the prisoners the had to The guards got to come by. up with the rules. Yes. That feels wrong. They should have come up. This rule should have been established before. Yep. But, but that's fine. These rules were read twice to the prisoners with the added stipulation that the prisoners must follow them in order to, quote unquote, keep the community running smoothly. Uh, As if it's a community. Community. That is so annoying. Mm -hmm. This fake prison that you're in, this is a a community. community. (laughs) That's like what a a cult is like. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) They had rules regarding how they had to refer to the guards how spotless their cells had to be, their mail was monitored, like all kinds of crazy People things. sent them mail. <laughs> I don't, I mean, probably not because, spoiler, they were only there for six days. Yeah. <laughs> but um, they did get to see visitors, which I'll get to later. Mm. But um, And now I'm going to read verbatim from the Prison Experiment website a few of the rules. Good. These aren't all of them. I just tried to find the ones that are most like jarring. Yeah. And I'll try and post the whole list to our Instagram if I can. Um, one of them said prisoners must remain silent during rest periods, after lights out, during meals, and whenever they are outside the prison yards. That's like what Alcatraz out first and they were miserable. <laughs> yep. So it was literally just like you never most get maximum to speak. security prison in yep. the country has ever seen. Yep. Yeah. Um prisoners must participate in all prison activities. As if bowling. Yeah, like they're not activities. Let's play some football. Like that's the epic highs and lows of (laughs) high school football. Um, Yeah, that's annoying. Um, Prisoners may never operate cell lighting. So like can't turn your own lights out or anything. Whatever. Just close your eyes. (laughs) Sorry. Prisoners must address each other by number only. 
So they only wanted community when they sanctioned it. They're like, this is a community, but uh, your friend Brad, you can't call him Brad. His name is not Brad anymore. Yeah, like... 2,306. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Prisoners must never refer to their condition as an experiment or a simulation. That feels like The Bachelor when they're not allowed to say (laughs) process. They make them record journey. Journey. (laughs) Um, They said they are in prison until paroled. Okay, see you in two weeks <laughs> like but like people like it got intense to where people actually believed that which is oh, just yeah. ridiculous um prisoners must obey all orders issued by guards at all times a guard's order supersedes any written order First that's of all, not that fair. sounds awful yeah um then it says the warden's order supersedes both the guard's order and the written rules orders of the superintendent of prisoners are supreme here's the thing yet again they should have pulled rules from a prison instead of making these up. Yeah. And it's like, like they're not having any like controls yeah. in this experiment. There's no controls. Yeah. Here's our baseline, but like this person can change it. This person can change it more. Like they like, basically said, you can do whatever you want because yeah. you have supreme power. Yeah. Stupid. Um, they said prisoners must report all rule violations to the guards. But they weren't allowed to talk. <laughs> <laughs> But it's like you get oh, punished un- for tattletaling. Oh, your buddy and- flicked on the light last night. You better tell the guard. Yeah. Like, no. no. <laughs> um, and then it ended with failure to obey any of the above rules may result in punishment. Okay. I so we have learned that in history that college age boys are terrifying. Yeah. When they're angry, especially if they're the aggressive ones already. Yep. Gosh. So the guards knew their own rules, which was like, you know, no physical harm no withdraw like withholding food or anything Mm -hmm. but they also knew that they were being watched by zimbardo and his warden and his research assistants at all times Mm -hmm. so they were like told not to inflict physical violence but that was basically up to their discretion yeah and then when they started to kind of like toe the line and realized that zimbardo wasn't stepping in yeah they thought that those things were allowed yeah because they were like well surely if i was breaking a rule they would, they tell, would me. tell me yeah so yeah gosh not only did they think that some things were being approved when they you know weren't really yeah some of the guards who weren't acting as tough were taken aside by jaffe and asked to be tough and more involved huh. um jaffe basically asked them to play a role they weren't just like taking on a role by themselves they were being like instructed to do so hmm. like the researchers wanted them to be experiment. no and like whatever how did this results- man running this thing have three degrees and work at yale and nyu and stanford and like be able to do this nope and it's like they're gonna be like oh we got these results but these kids thought they were playing a role like yeah they're like you told me to act like that yeah um, one of the guards said that he made up a character. He was a theater major <laughs> and he was from the North. But while he was there, he used like a bad Southern accent. Oh, gosh. So like they really thought that they were supposed to be acting like that. Yeah. It's not like them like changing into something like, uh-huh. you know, now we're going to kind of get into the timeline. It's kind of weird because the only sources from this are the guy are made it yeah like zimbardo and his research assistants because even the prisoners like they they don't know time exactly they don't know what time it is so yeah um the first day of the experiment was largely uneventful and the prisoners and guards were still kind of trying to adjust to like their new roles yeah 
Um, Zimbardo and his research assistants really had to like prod things along in the beginning to make sure people were settling into the roles they wanted them to. Yeah. Um, at first the guards weren't really like confident in their authority and then the prisoners weren't exactly like taking things seriously. Yeah. It's a bunch of college kids. (laughs) Like we're in prison. (laughs) Exactly. Like I'm sure I can only imagine like how they're joking around. Oh yeah. So. Hey, take a picture of me in my smock. (laughs) (laughs) In 1971. Yeah. Um, So the first thing that they... They had cameras. I know they had cameras, but they didn't all have cameras with them, Katie. (laughs) I was kidding. (laughs) One guy stuck like a huge film camera in. But they had video cameras. Yeah. So they could... (laughs) We don't know what the technology was in 1971. We are young. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. So um, so the first thing that they instilled to solidify their roles was counts. So at 2.30 in the morning on the first day, the prisoners were woken up by the guards' whistles blowing. Oh, I'd be so mad. <laughs> same. I'd be pissed. And they were made to come outside of their cells and line up to be counted. And this was... <laughs> To familiarize the prisoners with their numbers and to increase the number of direct interactions between guards and prisoners. Okay. Why did it have to be at 2.30 in the morning? I would not remember my number at 2.30 in the morning. Just to make them miserable. They had their numbers on them, at least. (laughs) You can't read that. (laughs) As time went on, guards started to, like, adopt their roles. Um, They adopted push-ups as a form of physical punishment that they were allowed to inflict. And they didn't just make them do push-ups in, you know, dresses uncomfy no (laughs) but i'm I'm sorry there's other things sorry they made them do push-ups in their dresses just in front of everyone but they would also like step on their backs or literally have another prisoner sit on their backs Uh and like force them to do however many push-ups they wanted them to i can't even do one push-up nope full transparency (laughs) full transparency i cannot Cannot. do that um yeah Okay. So imagine trying to do like a crap ton of push-ups with I wouldn't some be able dude to. sitting on your back. My arm no. would snap. <laughs> I wouldn't be able to get up. No. <laughs> on the second day, as Zimbardo says, the energy shifted. Oh. The guards tried to gather the prisoners for a 10 a.m. count when the prisoners in cell one rebelled. <laughs> day okay. two, there's already a rebellion. <laughs> I mean, they're probably still kind of being kind of jokey. Yeah. And being like. There's prison escapes all the time. So they took off their stocking caps and numbers and barricaded the cell door with their beds. And they were like taunting the guards and stuff. Um, and at this time, the guards shift was changing. So like oh, the yeah. morning I mean, shifts that's were when you do coming in and the night shifts were leaving. Um, and the morning guards thought that the overnight guards were like, it was their fall and stuff. Um, but they realized they needed to work together to like <sighs> fix this and stuff. So the night guards stayed late and then the three standby guards were called in. Okay. Um, and they're all just basically trying to help. So there are nine guards trying to control nine prisoners. Yeah. Well, they brought in more guards too, he said. Um, I don't think that the, like, because there were three shifts. Yeah. And so I think it was just the... Overnight ones stayed late and the morning ones were in for their shift. And then the... So not the alternates. No, the alternates, I think. But you said there were nine guards and then three alternates. I don't think that the ones who had whatever the other shift was came in. Okay. For that. Okay. Why would they not bring them in? I don't know. Bring the alternates. That feels weird. But according to Zimbardo, it was the alternates. Mm. So, but yeah, there's nine guards trying to control nine prisoners. (laughs) 
clearly this is going well. Yeah. So the guards took a fire extinguisher and used it to subdue the prisoners. That's not good. No. So they're shooting freezing carbon dioxide just into the cells at them. Yeah. And they forced the prisoners away from the doors and broke into the cells. All of them. Not just the cell where they were like super actively rebelling. And they stripped the prisoners naked and took away the beds. And forced the ringleaders into solitary confinement. Together? In a I'm closet? I'm assuming no. I'm assuming they did it like one at a time. Okay. At the time, they also had a limit on solitary confinement to one hour. Well, that's good. But. That didn't stick, I'm no. assuming. So, after this revolt, the guards decided they needed to find a way to prevent future rebellions. And they're at this point getting no help from Zimbardo or the people who were meant to be supervising. And they were worried that three guards would not be able to subdue nine prisoners. So they turned to psychological tactics. Great. Yep. So they turned one of the three cells into a privilege cell. And the three prisoners least involved in the revolt were put there. They were given their smocks back and their beds back. And they were allowed to brush their teeth and shower. Which they weren't allowed to do before. I'm assuming the other ones weren't allowed to. Okay. You know, that's fine. Um, The others did not get their beds back or their clothes back. The privileged prisoners also got food while the other prisoners watched and were temporarily denied food. That's terrible. Even though that's, you know, one of the few rules that they were actually given. Yeah. So. They didn't step in. Nope. Um, And at this time, they were enforcing rule following and also breaking the solidarity between the prisoners. Because, you know, it's like, well, they revolted and they didn't. And they're like trying to break up bonds and stuff. Yeah. After a few hours with the three innocent prisoners in the privileged cell, the guards put them back into the unprivileged cells and put some of the more rebellious prisoners into the privileged cell to try and win them over so they did this to further break bonds among the prisoners so that no one knew who to trust yeah so they all thought like oh maybe they're an informant or something yeah so it's weird i don't know and it was at this point that the guards were really starting to see the prisoners as like threats and troublemakers and they're like they need to be punished like they actually thought like yeah these guys had a reason to need to be punished yeah As the guards grew more intense in their view of their power, they became more strict. They would not let the prisoners leave their cells at night to use the bathroom. They gave them a bucket to use in their cells and on several occasions wouldn't empty these. That's dangerous because I would just throw it at the guards. (laughs) (laughs) That's fair. Why would you do that? I don't know. I mean, I don't think that happened. You're not taking it out? Mm, Anya. (laughs) But uh, yeah, so the whole prison just smelled like just piss and shit. Yeah. Um, which also yet another thing that amazes me that Stanford let them do this. Like imagine yeah. Belmont being like, yeah, you can use our basement. Belmont <laughs> I know. The basements like, are like high quality recording studio. <laughs> <laughs> but like they've just got shit everywhere. The Pembroke the basement. basement. <laughs> I never, I don't even know if they have. I don't know, but if they do, it's probably bad. <laughs> the guards were also in charge of when and where prisoners could smoke. And a lot of them were smokers, so they're probably going through, like, major withdrawals. Yeah. Around 35 hours into the experiment, one of the prisoners began to show signs of anxiety, paranoia, and depression. Or, as Zimbardo called it, he was acting crazy. (laughs) You know? Yeah. You know? I would also act like that. Yeah. How many hours? 48 hours? Uh, 35. 35. So, um... He was showing signs of disorganized thinking, emotional disturbance, rage, and quote-unquote uncontrollable crying. I think that's reasonable. I would also be uncontrollably crying. So, 
That's reasonable. Um, however, in Zimbardo's own words, he and his assistants had already come to think so much like prison authorities that they thought he was trying to con them to fool them into releasing him. <laughs> no, he's a college age boy. Let him out. In this experiment, they had also enlisted the help of consultants, including people who had been to prison. Yeah. And one of these consultants interviewed the prisoner and told him he was weak and basically said he would experience way worse in San Quentin. Obviously. <laughs> Obviously. Like, this kid is in college at he Stanford. He didn't do anything wrong. He doesn't need to be in San Quentin. No. He just wanted some money. Yeah. He wanted some beer money. That's literally what this kid <laughs> Probably. wanted. So, they offered the prisoner the chance to become an informant, and he refused. This is the only boy in this that I feel like I will defend. There's several more. Okay. There, yeah, there's some good ones. This poor boy. Um... To me, he's a child. I, I mean, they are. They're like 20. Like, yeah. you know, they're not. <laughs> we act like we're way older. We're college graduates. We are so. out of college. But I mean, like. Yeah. They're still so young. Yeah. Um, later, this prisoner who was referred to as prisoner 8612. That's all he's identified as. Yeah. Um, he told the others, you can't leave. You can't quit. Like, he like really felt like he was in prison. Yeah. And he started to scream and curse at the guards. And finally, Zimbardo and the others decided to release him. And he was allowed to leave. Good. Bring in an alternate. If I was so. an alternate, I would not come in. I'd be like, why is this guy leaving so early? And I do think they brought in alternates. But I will say that Zimbardo doesn't really give a lot of information on how that worked. Okay. So I don't know. It's just like Sketchy. so it's so weird. On the third or fourth day, I think third they allowed visitors to come in. It was at this point that Zimbardo began to not only manipulate the people in the experiment, but also their families. Yeah. So he didn't want the pr the parents to see the poor conditions and decide to take their kids away. Oh, uh, yeah. So they cleaned up the prison. They, like, groomed the prisoners. They played music over the intercom system. Mm -hmm. And they had a former Stanford cheerleader greet visitors at a <laughs> registration desk. How if, did she get that gig? I don't know. <laughs> Which, to be fair, maybe she had had a class with him or something because she's just like yeah. a former student. But I don't know. Hmm. Um, that would not be a job I wanted. Obviously, despite their attempts to make the prison look nice, some people were still concerned. Mm -hmm. But those concerned parents really had only one person to appeal to, and that was Zimbardo because he was the one in charge. So one couple went to him concerned that their son looked fatigued. Yeah. And this is what Zimbardo had to say about that. This is a quote from Zimbardo. That he said to the parents or about the parents? Uh, part, both. Okay. So he said, I responded by shifting the blame from the situation to her son. What's the matter with your boy? Doesn't he sleep well? Then I asked the father, don't you think your boy can handle this? This man. No, my son is a wimp. After this, literally the parents were like, oh, okay. Like they like gave up trying to get their kid out because this man straight up gaslighted them in the name of science i would not give up on my kid in that instance my kid would not be going to be in fair, there in the it first sounds place. like it was the, the dad and that the dad was like no you can handle oh, it." oh yeah of course it was but like Zimbardo on, is straight up, up gaslighting them come on to the mom she needs to fight for her son <laughs> so yeah not shaming her because she was gaslit, but... <laughs> yeah. Shaming I, Zimbardo for being like that. And it's 1971. Her husband probably had a, a lot more control yeah. over her then. But 
After the visiting hours, the guards started to hear whispers of an escape plot. Uh-oh. And they thought that prisoner 8612 was going to come back to break the prisoners out. <laughs> so Zimbardo and his assistants came up with a plan to try and foil the escape rather than observing the jailbreak like they should if they were actually interested in the results of an experiment. Yeah. But whatever. So Zimbardo put a new prisoner in the cell that 8612 had been in. I think this is one of the alternates. Mm-hmm. Except this prisoner wasn't an informant. So I'm assuming that's all the website says. So I'm assuming that Zimbardo was like, you're an informant. You're going to tell me everything. Which is uh, like, that's that's it, not how, it's it, not goes. how it works. But anyway. Um, so Zimbardo then asked the police, the, the Palo Alto police, if they could temporarily transfer the prisoners to their old jail. No. Yeah. Thankfully, he was turned down for that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so instead, they went with their second choice. So they called in more guards, the standbys and everyone off duty, fully dismantled the jail in the basement and moved them up to the fifth floor. (laughs) And I don't think that they like assembled the jail up there. I think they just kind of like held them up there. Yeah. But they... Then why disassemble it? Because. So they put bags on all of their heads, chained them all up, took them up to the fifth floor. And the plan was that when the old prisoner came to like break his buddies out, Zimbardo would be sitting in the basement by himself... (laughs) And would tell them that the prisoner was over, or the experiment, experiment was, was over. over. Huh. Um, did, yeah. the guy, did the guy ever come back? Nope. <laughs> but just the, to imagine. He was imagine, just like, I'm done with this. Yeah. Zimbardo said that at one point he also considered imprisoning him again um, because he had been released on false pretenses. You can't do that. No, he didn't, obviously, because yeah. the guy never showed up. But yeah, that would have been false imprisonment because he didn't sign a contract yeah, you this time. you can't do that. So, so there Zimbardo sits in the basement alone. For how long? I don't know? even know. He was sitting there for hours. so funny to me to imagine this man it's sitting like, in this basement. Sorry, guys. Got to redo everything down here again. He never <laughs> came. You, like, like, I just imagine him like a lamp Also, on, what is like, one guy going to do? I don't know. He can't fight him so all. stupid. Um, anyway, while he's down there, one of Zimbardo's colleagues stopped by and he wanted to like check out the experiment. And he asks Zimbardo, just Where's like everything offhand. No, so he asks, say, like, what's the independent variable in this study? And Zimbardo got pissed <laughs> he doesn't, because he knows not that it's actual, not accurate. It's not an actual experiment. Um, and he wrote, he said, quote, the stability of my prison was at stake. And now I had to deal with this bleeding heart, liberal academic effort ding dong. <laughs> Which, first of all, this is his friend who could read the Hebrew. What a ding dong. <laughs> also, Bleeding Heart Liberal makes me think of that scene in uh, Sweet Life of Zach and Cody with Ashley Oh, Tisdale and Zach Efron. <laughs> but yeah, so he was just pissed. Like, he didn't want to be questioned. Bleeding Heart Liberal ding dong. <laughs> so good. So, after this prison break turned out to be fake, um, they punished the prisoners, <laughs> even though it wasn't their fault. You know, yeah. um, and they basically paid them back by making their accounts last like an hour. Um, they would make them clean out toilets with their bare hands. Ooh, that's really gross. So I don't even like doing it with like no a brush that has a long handle. Health violation. Yeah. <laughs> so um, at some point, another prisoner was allowed to leave because he was having a psychological break, but I couldn't find a whole lot about that one. Okay. Um, there are also sources that say that two guards quit the experiment. I would. Because it was too heavy, but there was no other information about that, like at all. Okay. The researchers at one point had a priest come in to evaluate how realistic their prison was. 
not realistic. And then they had him like interview the prisoners and like offer to help Why them get priest? parole. I think it was meant to like be like a prison chaplain kind of thing. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. So one of the prisoners, prisoner 819, was feeling sick and he was refusing to eat and did not want to talk to the priest. And he was asking, like, can I see a doctor? <laughs> yeah. So Zimbardo first made him speak to himself and the priest. Um, and the boy started to cry hysterically. So Zimbardo made him go to, like, a separate room. Meanwhile, the guards lined up the other prisoners and made them chant, Prisoner 819 is a bad prisoner. Because of what Prisoner 819 did, my cell is a mess, Mr. Correctional Officer. Which they is what they, they were asked to call them, chanting by the way. that? Yep. <laughs> all together and the boy could hear them chanting this and he became super distraught and he wanted to go back to prove that he wasn't a bad prisoner Gosh. and this is the one thing in this whole thing that i will give zimbardo props for is when this kid wanted to go back he was like it's not real yeah. he was like it's an experiment like you yeah. can leave and he did good so that was basically like that other experiment of he thinks him doing that is getting them punished yeah Oh, gosh. So one of the standby prisoners, prisoner 416, expressed concern about the conditions. Mm -hmm. um, so basically, they started targeting him more. Um, he then went on a hunger strike. And then the guards locked him on, in the solitary confinement closet for three hours. No. Um, and then while he was in there. I would take a nap. <laughs> while he was in there, they were like slamming against the door. Oh, I've been like, whatever. What you going to do? <laughs> Um, the guards also gave the other prisoners the chance to help him if they all gave up their blankets. And most of them chose not to because Obviously, they like, like three hours. Not yeah. that bad. Um, and Zimbardo noted, we intervened later, later, later. at the How end of the later? three hours. Like what a hero. <laughs> After um, three hours of it. Yeah. So they also had like a parole board. And, like, all of them would go before the parole board to try and, like, see if they could leave. And Zavardo really saw this as, like, proof that they, like, really believed they were prisoners. Because they could have just left, but yeah, they, like, wanted to go through parole and stuff. How would they actually leave? If they, like, Zimbardo claims that if they said, like, I am done with the experiment, that they could leave. Okay. Which but did happen for people, but they also were like, maybe you have to stay. Like, they made it really hard for people to yeah. leave. Yeah. Um, some parents called Zimbardo and asked him if their sons could meet with a lawyer to get them out. Oh, my gosh. Well, they did sign um, a contract. I guess that's. Yeah. Yeah. But um, a, he called a lawyer who came and interviewed the prisoners. Okay. You know, at this point, about a third of the guards were hostile and seemed to enjoy humiliating the prisoners. And supposedly the worst guard, um, they often referred to him as John Wayne. Which makes me think of J.W. <gasps> from Big Sky. That was literally his name. Um, who is also psychotic. So there's that. Yeah. As days progressed, the guards were escalating their abuse, especially in the middle of the night when they didn't think that the researchers were watching. The abuse was getting more and more degrading. And to use Zimbardo's word, he said pornographic, which Gross. don't know what that means. And I don't want to, but it can only be really bad. Yeah. And it's infuriating that he let these kids go through that. Yeah. It's ridiculous that he did any of this at all yep after six days of this experiment a research uh, sorry a recent stanford phd named christina maslach came to conduct interviews with the prisoners and when she was there she saw them being taken to the bathroom blindfolded and chained together and she was outraged oh yeah and Zimbardo said that out of 50 outsiders who came to the prison, she's she was the only one. the only one who questioned its morality. 
Well, good for Chris. Yes. Christina. 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 Yes. And to be fair, she's probably the only one who verbally questioned its morality. Oh, clearly, some of the parents were like, mm, exactly. I don't know. And they're like, they just convinced. She's the only one that seems like she wouldn't be convinced of. Yeah. So like, go women. Love her. Yes. I also want to note, um, she later married Philip Zimbardo and she had been a research assistant of his or something uh, too, which is like kind of kind of weird but he liked that she stood up yeah to it so Ooh, gross. but i'm still proud of her yeah Ooh, why would she marry him i don't know <laughs> but anyway um was he weird looking <laughs> I'll, I'll show you a picture okay <laughs> okay i'm looking him up <laughs> do it i mean i mean keep we could keep yeah. going it was reportedly because of christina's like horror that the study finally ended which it ended after six days, like I said. Mm-hmm. But some people theorize that it ended early because Zimbardo was exhausted and that he already had basically the proof that he needed. Mm-hmm. You know, like he went into this experiment with results in mind and he'd already gotten those. And so people think that he was just like, eh, you can let it end. Yeah. So, you Ugh. know. And also, like, he already had enough to write a book about and stuff. Why, why shell out more money to those kids? <laughs> yeah. But anyway. Zimbardo claims that the people involved in this experiment had no lasting effects as a result of the six days. Yeah, she's too pretty for him. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> anyway. Um, I don't know about you. I don't believe that they all have no lasting effects. No. They got married in 1972. Yeah. Like, soon after. Right after. Which also he had just like gotten divorced. I think yeah. he got divorced in seventy or seventy one. So uh seventy two. Dang <laughs> He's eighty eight now. Some of the prisoners who had breakdowns later said that they faked them to get out of it. Mm-hmm. Either way, they were so distraught that they thought the only way to get out of this was to have a breakdown. breakdown. I mean same. Um, I also think it's worth taking into account because some of them have changed their stories multiple times. Mm-hmm. I think it's worth taking into account that this happened in the 70s. Yeah. And people probably would have looked down on these men if they did have a breakdown. Yeah. So I I don't know. Some of them might have been real. Some of them might not have been. Yeah. Either way, like I said, they thought they were in prison and that the only way to get yeah. out was to act like they were having a breakdown. Yeah. So, yeah. They believe that this experiment helps explain historical events, such as the way Nazi guards acted in prisons and stuff. Um, in fact, Zimbardo mentions the Holocaust a lot, hmm. explaining that the Nazis also made the Jews do push-ups as punishment and like random <laughs> stuff like that. He also like makes uh, a connection between prison and marriage. Like uh. he basically just tries to make connections out of things that aren't related at all to his experiment. Yeah. And it's just Zimbardo's. Yeah. As he divorces one woman and gets married to another in the same year. (laughs) Like he's just, he's stretching it. Yeah. To places that it doesn't relate. No. Um, He even went on to testify at Congress about prison conditions as if he's actually, you know, seen real prison conditions at all. Prison experiment was anything like real prison. Yeah. Which, to his credit, he saw the study as proof of need for prison reform. Go prison reform. (laughs) Hell yeah to that. Um, Bad experiment, but yeah. Yeah. He also really loves to preach that, quote unquote, almost anyone can be capable of terrible behavior. Yeah. Which is not true. No. Based on the results of his thing. First of all, his study only studied college-aged, mostly white guys. 24 of them 
Yep. Like not even a huge sample exactly. size of them. And also only a third of the guards inflicted like terrible, like were So like three aggressive. people basically. Yes. <laughs> 33%. That is yeah. not almost anyone. No. So um, yeah, that is not no. correct. In 1973, the American Psychological Association conducted an ethics evaluation of the experiment and said all existing ethical guidelines had been followed. So like not a glowing review, but like not necessarily negative either. Yeah. But the experiment could not be conducted again today to test if the results were accurate because it no longer meets the current ethics codes. No, I... <laughs> That makes sense. Yeah. I didn't think it would. Nope. So oh. um, that's the Stanford prison experiment. Yeah. It's oh, you were really... not kidding when you said that. I know. I really, I really oh, am. Perfect timing because I'm um, very hot. <laughs> but it's just so crazy. Yeah. Now we definitely need to watch the movie for that. It's just really Except I, if there's a bunch of naked boys on it, I don't really. We'll skip. I think that. it's probably going to be in there. Okay. Bit, but <laughs> I'll close my eyes. <laughs> interesting it's very interesting it's fascinating to me yeah like can't believe that's i can't a believe real that's thing. allowed i can't believe that was allowed nope just in the basement i can't believe a imagine man. you're like touring stanford what's like, down there you hear screaming <laughs> like nothing <laughs> <laughs> i don't know what you're talking about like just in the psychology building you just i know <laughs> like that all the students are like used to it and they're like uh it just happens <laughs> it and just like, started this week it's over soon and like, it's supposed to be like the next two weeks but it'll be over by the time you get here that's like, like the cicadas that are coming <laughs> you get they're they scream and they're <laughs> it'll be fine they'll be gone soon like <laughs> don't worry but about it they've done like tours of the basement and stuff too to like well zimbardo himself will give does you that a building tour. still exist i think so huh I would want to be down there. And like, you can see like the closet where they had solitary confinement. It's literally they should like two feet. Have the walls and s- they should have it set up in a museum somewhere. Like kind of how it was. I'm actually would be surprised if it's not. We should look that up. Yeah. Sounds interesting. Do we want to end with another Katie quote? Sure. Embarrass me more. <laughs> I'm, I not wanna- em- I'm not embarrassed that people are listening to this. I'm embarrassed that my dad is listening to this. <laughs> I want to acknowledge that this was Katie's idea for me to read yeah, these. Yeah, and your mom. I'm embarrassed. <laughs> she doesn't listen to every episode. Okay. Maybe she'll listen to this one. I don't know. I don't know. Hey, mom. <laughs> but <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> this one, even with <laughs> any clarification on what was going on, doesn't make any sense. <laughs> Katie said, <laughs> why, won't you su- <laughs> why won't you suck up your own vomit? <laughs> We were playing with this stupid toy. You wrote that down? <laughs> yeah. Oh. Why won't you yeah. suck up your own vomit? Sydney got this toy that is like a little, it looks like that a- That makes it sound like I regularly no, buy toys. No, 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 no. She me. was given this. And it's like, it looks like a stress ball kind of thing that was like hollowed out. It's supposed to be like a crying laughing emoji. Looks like- a sad crying face with a beard and it comes with like slime vomit and you're supposed to be able to you put first you put the vomit on a table and then you use the little squish ball thing to suck suck it up up, and then and we were doing it wrong and so it wouldn't go into the thing 
That's the stupidest thing. But I hate anyway. vomit, so. Well, with If that, anyone wants to see a picture of it, maybe we'll post. <laughs> the vomit? Yeah. The slime vomit. Oh, yeah. my gosh. With that, I need to go to bed. Okay. <laughs> no. Not exactly. Not yet, exactly. But, um, but I am tired. Well, <laughs> you can follow us on Instagram and tell us if you want to see that vomit thing um, at Something Sick Podcast. <laughs> I'm just going to do it anyway. Or follow our Twitter at Podcast or our TikTok at Something Sick Podcast or send us an email and maybe we'll just send you a picture of <laughs> Something Sick <laughs> Podcast. auto reply. Something Sick Podcast at gmail.com. When I just put out of office, the email <laughs> just sends you a photo of it. Perfect. Well, yeah. if you understood anything I just said, congratulations. <laughs> congratulations. And we will see you next time. Bye, homies. Peace out.